Good morning, everybody. It's Marcus from Marcus Today, and it's 3rd of April. It's Friday. Damage to date, the ASX 200 is down 28% from the top and up 17% from the bottom. It was down 38% at worst, and the S&P 500 is down 25% from the top, 15% off the bottom. Discussion points for today for our team was to do with the banks after the Royal Bank of New Zealand yesterday instructed banks not to pay ordinary dividends because if the bank, if the uh, central bank's going to hand cash to banks, it doesn't want them just paying it straight out to uh, shareholders. So there was some fear that the RBA is going to do something similar in Australia. The banks fell 3.8% was the CBA to 5.6% yesterday. And this morning or since, the CBA CEO has said that balance sheets are strong enough to keep paying dividends. Uh, we were wondering about whether this was going to turn into a disaster and we need to be getting out of the banks. But I think on the back of that CBA comment, we'll probably get a bounce today. We'll see. And we've decided that the sector is already, after a 38% fall, is already discounting a... Uh, reduction in dividends, if not suspension of dividends. Suspension's a rather soft way of saying we're not paying you a dividend, but that's what they've used in Europe. Anyway, we could get suspension of dividends, but uh, we've decided for now that the sector is, we're going to stay neutrally weighted, which is no real, no, not really much good to you, but it basically means we're going to retain market weightings in our funds because uh, we think that the, the, the sector is seen enough damage for the moment. And if the market's going to improve, the banks will probably go with it. It is 25% of the market after all. So we're currently working on the basis that the market has potentially bottomed, although we reassess that daily, in which case the banks have potentially bottomed as well. Anyway, we don't, we, we don't want to be taking a, a major bet in our fund in either direction on the bank sector after this sort of fall, even if they are going to uh, cut, which they almost certainly will, or suspend dividends, which doesn't look like they will. So uh, staying neutral on banks, not selling them after all. Uh, the other major story today is the oil price. Of course, the big story overnight is a 22% uh, rise, or is it 24% keeps moving, uh, rise in the oil price on hopes that Trump has broken, brokered some sort of truce in the Saudi-Russia oil price war, which uh, he's tweeting will involve a 10 to 15 million barrel per day cut in production. That's 10 to 15% of global supply. That number has been met with incredulity because uh, some suggestions that that will involve Russia cutting by 45% and will involve sinking half the uh, oil-carrying fleets of the world. But um, that's the news. Uh, the, the, let's not let the detail get in the way of a good story. That's, uh, we've learned that from Mr. Trump. Uh, it's a move in the right direction. And uh, other news in the oil front is that China's apparently started buying oil to bolster their reserves at these crash prices. And that the Saudis have called an emergency meeting of OPEC and non-OPEC oil producers and is looking to, in inverted commas, reach a fair agreement to stabilise oil markets. This is all what we want to hear. Apparently, Brazil and Canada are thought to be involved as well. Uh, there are some suggestions that uh, you cannot get this sort of level of production cut without uh, the world's largest producer, the US, also cutting, which is thought to be outside of Trump's control. And Trump tweeted, I expect and hope that they will be cutting back approximately 10 million barrels and maybe substantially more, which, if it happens, will be great in capital letters 
for the oil and gas industry. Whatever the embellishment, there does seem to be some progress. There was always a risk that the OPEC-Russia standoff did end abruptly and uh, I'm, I'm getting told off for bragging about things. But anyway, we had positioned for that. We bought a bunch of oil stocks, for the four major oil stocks plus BHP, uh, on the thoughts that, that we might one day wake up to find Trump had tweeted something about a deal between Russia and OPEC. And here we are, we've woken up to it. So we are overweight, the energy sector anyway, which had uh, behaved terribly in the sell-off. And uh, it will now, even if the oil price war ends and we get a, a sort of 10, 15% jump in the sector, uh, even if that's the case, or if that's the case, you will now find the energy sector becomes a barometer of global economic growth, which is driven by the pandemic sentiment. So the oil sector is going to be a, a sector that outperforms as the market recovers, underperforms as uh, virus fears reappear. At this point, we think, hope we're somewhere near the bottom, in which case the oil sector, we probably should naturally be overweight if, we, if we're all in in the market, which we are at the moment. So we'll stay overweight that. BHP is the benign way for most people to play the oil sector and uh, we're overweight BHP as well. Uh, just to give you some numbers, not that this is going to happen very quickly, but the oil price is down 77%. Some people will say, oh, it's up 24%. I've missed it. The reality is the oil price has got to go up 150% to recover its high from January. And over the long term, you might assume that would be the case. Uh, 150%, even if it takes five years, will still be a fabulous return. The oil stocks to look at, oil search is the uh, worst performing stock from the top to now. Uh, Wally Parsons, the next Santos Beach Energy, Woodside Origin, BHP. Oil search would have to rise 218% to get back to its recent high. Wally's 150%, Santos 128%, Beach Petroleum 124%, Woodside 91%, Origin 87%. BHP would have to rise 41% to get back to its recent high which is pretty much in line with the market, which would have to rise 39%. So uh, staying overweight, BHP and the energy sector, as long as we are still playing a recovery theme, which we are for the moment. The final piece of good news is that the market is settling down. Uh, the, in order for the markets to rally, it, they're going to rally off much lower levels of volatility than we're seeing now. Volatility kills confidence. And confidence takes three times as long to build as it does to disappear, and it's completely disappeared. And if we look at the VIX volatility index as a chart in the newsletter today, you'll see that it has definitely peaked and is definitely on its way down. We are quietly relaxing day by day as sellers get exhausted and market players start to get numb to the sensationally negative headlines and the volatilities seeping out. And to give you another measure of volatility, apart from the VIX volatility index, which measures the 30-day uh, expected volatility of the S&P 500 options, another measure which is easier to understand is average true range. Average true, true range measures the range that the index or a stock or anything trades in over a particular period from top to bottom. And usually the Dow Jones will trade in a range of around 100 to 150 points a day from top to bottom. That's the long-term bull market 
volatility of the Dow Jones moving 100 to 150 points a day. In the global financial crisis, it got up to 680 points a day. Unheard of in the global financial crisis in 2008. Let me tell you the astonishing, incredible statistic then that over the last 14 days, the average trading range from the Dow Jones has been 1,429 points. And that obviously is over double the points range. Admittedly, the index is much higher now as it was in 2008. Uh, but that is now beginning to drop. And that, it peaked at 1,759. We're down to 1,429 points a day. The, the drop in average true range, just as the drop in the VIX volatility index is, is a sign that we possibly peaked on fear. And uh, that's a good, good sign. Uh, you've got to ask why the market has been moving 1,429 points a day, which is, which is uh, on current level, 6.7% a day. Uh, it's unheard of in any period of volatility, be it 87 or uh, the GFC or the Asian crisis, 9-11. Uh, We've not seen that sort of volatility. And I'm sure someone is going to write a book in six months' time saying how I made a fortune or causing the volatility in markets during the COVID-19 crisis because you can only assume that there is some uh, robots in there now that weren't there in 2008 and weren't there in 1987 that are now uh, taking over the asylum. Anyway, the summary view uh, for today is overweight oil stocks, happy to be overweight. BHP's uh, the benign way to play that. Otherwise, any of the majors will give you a good proxy to the oil price and we're staying overweight the, the energy sector whilst we're still optimistic about the market. And banks, we're not selling them, staying neutral whilst we continue to have some faith in the market bottoming. And volatility is peaking, uh, further encouraging us to stay long. It's Friday, anything can happen today. Usually negative things happen despite the overnight lead. We'll see what happens. Have a good day.